welcome to the Track Talk podcast and today I am your host, it's Charlotte and of course I am joined by Dan and Jay. Long time no see, guys. Yeah, we're, we're, we're cracking them out now, this is two in a week, this is this is good for us. Um, it's crazy. Good to be here, uh, good to see you on the main mic as well, Char. I'm looking forward to getting into some juicy news since we last spoke. Indeed. That was very game show. The uh, the intro, I liked it. It was like kind of catchphrase yeah. kind of vibes. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we're back. More news. Lots of news. Hence why we're back. Yes, it's kind of a you know a quick little update and special episode. As a lot of stuff happened this week, and I believe we should start with the announcement of the 2023 F1 calendar, and they are proposing a 24 race calendar. Woof. It's going to be a lot, but there are a few new additions. We have Qatar being dropped on there. There is the possibility of Las Vegas being the penultimate race, but that is subject to FIA circuit homologation. Yes, I got it. Do you know how long that... That's quite impressive. Oh, that took a while to practice how to say that. Um, But yeah, it's very exciting. So I guess I'll quickly take you through the tracks in a quick fire list. So we will be starting with pre-season testing in Sakir at Bahrain. um, Followed by the first race, of course, in Bahrain. Followed by Saudi Arabia, Mm. Jeddah Circuit, Australia, Melbourne, China, Mm. Shanghai, Mm. Baku, Mm. Miami, Mm. Emilia Romana, Imola, Monaco, Mm. Spain, Canada, (laughs) Austria, the Great Britain, Silverstone, Hungary, Mm. Belgium, Mm. Netherlands, Mm. Italy, Monza, Mm. Singapore, Mm. Japan, Qatar, Mm. Austin, Kota Circuit, Mexico, Brazil, Vegas, Mm. and the finale in Abu Dhabi. So I thought I needed to add some ad-libs like we was going on some kind of rap music vibe. I have to say it was a little bit distracting, but we do move. So, guys, what's what's your uh, thoughts on this? I have a question before oh. we carry on. You mentioned Qatar. Well, was this not supposed to be a street race this time round? I swear the track was only the, a one-year thing while they built a street circuit. Interesting, because obviously... it is La Salle. You are correct. Yeah, that has confused me. Unless the street track will be in the city of La Salle, maybe because... I think the FIA and the F1 thing just says LaSalle. I mean, it could be mm. a track. But like, I think, I'm pretty sure LaSalle is also the city next to Doha. But I think they said it would be a, a racetrack in downtown. Maybe they've just been too busy. You know, all this World Cup business they got going. <laughs> yeah. F1's maybe. an afterthought. But that LaSalle track is probably the least inspiring F1 track I've ever seen ever. Yeah. Actually, actually no, Las Vegas is. Las Vegas, that is uninspiring. That track map. It's got it's one of the square. boring things I've ever seen. It, 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 it reminds me of, actually I say it reminds me because I wasn't even born yet, but it takes me back to um, sort of the old US races where they would literally just go, oh, let's pick like a, a random city. And if you ever have the chance, if you come up Wikipedia and look at where all the old US races were, other than Watkins Glen and Indianapolis, they're in like Long Beach, which I know IndyCar races there, but it's not very exciting. Phoenix looks awful. And then you've got the <laughs> old Las Vegas, which is disgusting. And then Detroit, which is smelly. Um, not 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 Metro City, <laughs> the racetrack. So, um, well covered. I, yeah, yeah. Just in case we do have people from Detroit listening, I just think, you know, this obsession with money is is too much. I think well, one twenty four races is probably too many races. 
but it's just like they're forcing it they're forcing it and we see so many good tracks which could be on the calendar you know let me reel some off you istanbul can i get a woo ya woo ya yeah um <laughs> the pang you know what i mean and we're going to things like vegas and like these amazing tracks exist but we're just going to street races where oh it's it's, it's don't know what i was very disappointed when i saw that calendar Brutal. yeah um i th- i would say it is more economical i don't think that's the correct word but in the sense of where they're placing each one i have to say canada is the only one off the top of my head looking at this that looks a bit it goes imola monaco spain canada then we go back to austria then it's uh, uh silver miami as well Miami's yeah a bit well, the whole yeah. first part of the season's a bit random yeah, and they did say they were going to try and make it a little bit more... Yeah, I you know. I don't think they've done that. I think Qatar, they could easily put Qatar before Abu Dhabi, but they've sort of pushed it in the middle of the... between, I think, Japan and... The Kota. First US, and, yeah, Kota. Yeah. And I think, ooh, that's a bit of a... You know, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, Miami's... I feel like they could have easily put Miami alongside Canada to have, like, a little European-North American break. They didn't do that. Um... What else is there? There's another one that's really... Oh, yes. the um This this, this North American Tropella, they go from Cota to Mexico to Brazil and then back to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Surely they could have just put Vegas alongside Cota. Yeah, but I sensible. think... I think <laughs> as well, maybe it's a little bit too boring in the sense of maybe for fans. What, if you know what I mean. Having more... Sp- I'm thinking of what they're trying to do. I don't agree with it. But... um. <laughs> If you have two American races, does that make it a bit more like, uh, whereas it's like, say, for instance, if we had Silverstone and then Brands Hatch, I don't know. Well, I mean, in 2020, we had we had Monza and Mugello, and that wasn't too bad. But yeah. it wasn't half of the other, was it? Yeah, it was, it was Monza and Mugello. It was Spa, Monza, Mugello. In, oh, uh, right. in but it was also COVID, so I think mm. that's another factor that plays into it, whereas now... Do you know what I think, right? And this would be, I think, an amazing bit of marketing by Formula One. If they held Miami, Cota, Vegas, all in the space of like a triple header, had, had like a big like USA vibe about it, go crazy, sell packages, people can go to all three races. They make a lot of money off it. Um, the US market would be so interested for what the best part of a month in Formula One, and logistically, it makes a lot more sense. So why not just have it? I don't know, just towards the end of the season, you know, take out the North American pedal, just make it USA, USA, USA sell all the tickets for all of them everyone's happy you know the teams haven't got to go from because brazil to america i think people underestimate how far that actually is that is with that's like going from london to probably you know nigeria which is not exactly local is it that's so random <laughs> it's next door to each other isn't it <laughs> yeah it is it's down the road it's a stone's throw away but um i think logistically it's a poor calendar i think track selection is a poor calendar uh i think quantity is a poor quantity and I'm really sad that there's a lot of races which are going to be missing out, which are far more worthy than certain tracks you're on next year's calendar. Um, and it's sad to see the way Formula 1's going. But sorry, that was a very pessimistic rant over. Go on, Dan. two quick things. Um, I would guess the reason they don't have America, America, America in a row is because there'll be some very rich people that want to go to all three of them. Mm. And they probably won't be able to do that if it's like... So they're just opening it up to like the business... Tough rich person tough, audience. Tough. Well, that's what yeah, I'd say. F one won't think of it like that. Get over Se- yourself. Secondly, 
Do you think Vegas have got written into their contract? They want to be as close to the end of the season as possible, just yeah, to you know, in case there's a title reckon, fight. Because I swear, I Yas Marina have got like they're the last race in in their F1 contract. Yeah. So Vegas couldn't have that. But if there's a title fight like there was last year, and it's decided at Vegas, that looks great for Las Vegas because everyone, all the eyes will be on it. F1 this year, it's going to backfire completely because no one will care. Yeah. F1 just just stop just giving out contracts to things. Oh, you're the rest of the season. Why not? Yeah, look, you start the race. We start the race. Start the season in the Middle East. You know, come to maybe Europe. Do the European leg. Do the North American, South American leg, and then just end in Asia. I don't know. End in Japan. That'd be cool. Well, as well, I'd like to add that there are two triple headers within this. Uh, so it is, um, oh no, I just worked it out and I've lost it. That's really good. Well done, Charlotte. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you go. I remember one of them. Isn't it Imola Monaco, Spain? Imola Monaco, Spain and... Yes. Cota, then... Mexico, Brazil, I think. Yes, there we are. Unless my maths is wrong on the spot, which it probably How is. How bad is that? Sat here working it out and you two did it that quickly. No. Um... <laughs> Um, but also, the Vegas race is November 18th, which is a Saturday. And then they've got Abu Dhabi a week later. Mm, but I think disgusting. for UK viewers, it's yeah, still Sunday, Sunday yeah. morning. It'll be but... like Australia, wouldn't it? It's yeah. like, nah, isn't it like 1 or 2am? Or have I got that very wrong? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't I have timings. I, I saw something that it was 10 o'clock their time, which is I think it's 6 o'clock our time. So it'll oh, be... Okay. It'd be like, yeah, a bit like Australia or Japan. We have to get early for it. But my main question to you is, I mean, it's really not dissimilar to this year's calendar. Which race are you most looking forward to on the 2023 calendar? Um, well, first, can I just say that triple header of Imola, Monaco, Spain is probably, I don't know. The thing about it, it just makes me feel sick inside. Look, I love Imola, but it's not the greatest track for overtaking. Monaco, same thing. And Spain's just a bit dead. Isn't it really? You know, like I've all the I've all the three tracks to do a triple header in. They probably chose the worst three. You know, <laughs> it's like they just done it to purposely just annoy me. But I am most looking forward to. Yeah, what's what's the positive here, Jay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I would love to say I'm looking forward to one of the new tracks, but I'm not. So I will have to say <laughs> Brazil. I love Brazil. Brazil or um, obviously Silverstone. You're not looking forward to China? Shanghai? Oh! He's returning. Oh, no, they that like was China. my answer. I'm no, so on, Dan, sorry, Dan. Dan can have, Dan can have China because I did no. forget that's my fault. Go on, Dan. You can have China. I'm sad now. Okay, thanks. I can have China. Can I also just say Bahrain? I always like the first race of the season. Just nice. see where the cars are at. Very true. And, uh... Yeah, I'd say I'm going to be looking forward to Brazil as well. Um... Other tracks, really, you know, it's. I'm not really sure. It depends. Obviously, last year we had a really good title fight and it went down to the wire. This year, most likely, it's going to finish by Japan, um, which makes it not as exciting as there's not as much jeopardy and tension building. But what can you do? Um, which, you know what? We'll also be seeing. A lot of new drivers, which makes me segue onto our next topic. We've had some driver announcements this week. 
Uh, I think we'll start first with Yuki Tsunoda has uh, signed for 2023 with Alpha Tauri. Um, and if I'm honest, I think this could be quite a make or break year for Yuki Tsunoda. What do you guys think? Do you know what? I don't want to be harsh, but I feel I've been quite harsh so far this episode. But my thing with Tsunoda is um, I feel like the only reason he's been able to really keep his seat is because there isn't much Red Bull young talent on the conveyor belt. I mean, please let me know if you agree or disagree, but I just don't think there's like a natural successor to the Alpha Tauri seat, so they're sort of stuck with Sonoda. I don't think there's anyone in the junior ranks who could realistically come and take his spot. Maybe Lawson, but I don't think he's quite there yet. So I think he's kind of got it based on, not because he's had an amazing year and he's deserved it, but because there isn't anyone to really step in and replace him. I think like a year or two ago, I would have agreed with you completely. But we've kind of seen Red Bull are willing to look outside their driver pool recently. Mm-hmm. Like they've brought in Perez, there's talks of DeFries, Colton Herter and all that kind of thing. So I feel like if they really wanted to get rid of him, they would have just got rid of him and brought someone else in. And he's not, you know, he's not doing badly. He's just, next year's really important, as you said. And and I love Yuki. Like, everyone loves Yuki. He's a great guy. Um, it will be quite interesting to see if Gasly leaves, how he works with... A different teammate because him and Gasly have a really good relationship but I feel like the last thing Sonoda needs is friction in a team because he's got a bit of a short temper yeah but... got a bit of short man syndrome <laughs> oh you can't say that oh my god Jay. Wait, wait, can I not say that <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like being so savage no? today <laughs> Apologies to anyone who's short listening to this. But I, I'll take that. That's uh, no. <laughs> like pretty, pretty short. Five foot. Um, yeah, so that makes Yuki quite tall in my eyes. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so it is actually quite unclear who Yuki Tsunoda will be pairing with next year. We do know that obviously Pierre Gasly is signed with Alphatari, but I don't think that is going to be what the outcome is of the 2023 lineup, which is quite interesting. And like Dan said, Colton Herter um, has been of interest and they're trying to see if they could potentially overcome the barrier of the American obtaining a super license. But we do have other names to throw into mm. the ring. Um, I think Herter's that... been told yeah. no. Has he I been think, told no? I'm pretty I think sure. the FAA, the FAA, I don't think they want someone going through IndyCar to come to Formula One. I think that's that's their beef. It isn't a case of he's not good enough and anything like that. I think I only say this because FAA's on the twenty second of September, F one had written that on the, their website. So there we are. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they've. I'm trying to find it now. That they've now said um, that he can't. Like they're they're not vetoing the super license system. Which doesn't really sit right with me. Uh, the FIA has formally rejected a request of Colton Herter to be granted an F1 Super License. That's from Autosport 17 hours ago. So yeah. There we are. Looks like he will not be in F1. Which is a shame. Because I was excited. Mm, it would have been good to see him. Do you know what, actually? If we go back to the, the sort of Alpine, Gasly, Apatari thing. Isn't it really weird, this sort of amazing domino effect, that Albon obviously gets ill... I think if Albon didn't get ill when he raced uh, Monza, Gasly could never have the opportunity to leave to go to Alpine. Because then they wouldn't have allowed De Vries to prove himself. And now, you know, Alpha Tauri are looking to bring in De Vries to allow Gasly to leave. Because I think we, I think we said before that Gasly kind of screwed himself by signing the, the Alpha Tauri contract so soon. You know, he before, did, yeah. Before Vettel left and Alonso went to 
Aston Martin. So it's quite lucky, I guess, that Albon got ill for Gasly because now there is, I guess, a successor to his seat and they can fill that void and then that will allow him to leave to go to Alpine. It reminds me, in a way, of the whole Russell situation in Secure. Um, mm. Before he'd had that Mercedes drive, everyone was like, can he, can't he? He's, he's doing it in a Williams, but that's a Williams, for goodness sake. Um, then he got into the Mercedes and absolutely uh, smashed it. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, fair play. So it reminds me a bit like that, you know, and, and on the job interviews, the, the best kind of interview in this business. I think as well, it proves that F1 teams just need to give their their young drivers or, you know, junior talent a chance because there, there are people out there who can do the job, but you just can't be too hasty and just put them off. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of good talent, like Callum Eilert, I know Dan's a big fan, who have slipped through the I ranks in recent years. See? Can I also just say as well, very quick, sorry Jay, but on Callum Eilert, he isn't using the number 77 in IndyCar. How mad is that? It is mad. That is mad. That is mad. The way that (laughs) Callum Eilert is also using the number 77. And I love Bottas and Eilert. There we are. That is unbelievable. (laughs) Sorry, I get easily amazed, but that is just unbelievable. Um, Well... I think I'd like to segue onto something that will now break Dan's heart after that excitement. Williams have announced they will part ways with Latifi at the end of 2022. No. Oh my goodness. Big shock. I don't think anyone expected it. Oh my gosh, I Dan, what do you say? I do not appreciate the sarcasm from you, Charlotte. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I love Latifi. That's no, that's no secret. He's a great guy. I love him to bits. And he needed to go though, didn't he? Let's be real. Like he just hasn't—he hasn't shown it at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't really defend him, especially after the Dufries weekend. You know, yeah, I, I do love him. I do love him as a person, but but you know, the writing was on the wall for quite a while, and then that was the final nail in the coffin, wasn't it? Yeah, he. Do you know what? Right, speaking as a Dufries fan. Justice has been served. Because <laughs> in 2020, it was between De Vries and Latifi for the Williams seat. Obviously, De Vries beat Latifi in Formula 2 in 2019. Went with Latifi for the money. And if De Vries gets that seat three years later, it's three years overdue. Justice is served. But... But he wouldn't well, have a Formula E World Championship if he'd gone straight to F1. Yeah, but would he... Would De Vries... If you said to De Vries, right, you could either have a Formula E World Championship in 2021... Or you could do three years of Formula One. I think I know which one you'd choose. Not to, you know, you know, rain on Formula E's parade. Cause I do like Formula E, and obviously we went there in the summer, didn't we? But yeah, um, yeah I think he'd rather take Formula One. I'm just trying but, to defend Latifi. No, you can't. You can't really. You, you can't, can't, Dan. There's, there's nothing you can do, <laughs> honestly. Not, not even the most deluded Latifi fan, even if they exist, could defend that man anymore. Um, it's interesting to see who the replacement will be because now we've got all this DeVries chat of him going to Alpine. You know, he went to the... DeVries was in the Al- Alpine um, that little, like, shootout thing they done in Hungary uh, earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, he tested an old spec of it. Mm. So, I mean, he could be in the Alpine shootout. He's in the Alpha Tauri conversation. So if DeVries has sort of overly performed at Monza and got himself a, a better seat, where does that leave the second Williams seat alongside Albon? Will it be Logan Sargent now? Because if De Vries goes higher up, who else could realistically go there? I don't think they'd take Daniel Ricciardo too much money. Maybe Mick Schumacher if he leaves Haas. Um, it's quite interesting, isn't it, who takes that Williams seat now? 
It is a bit of like, if you want to say, very open and a bit messy this year. In the sense, because we've had quite a few shock announcements, e.g. Vettel retiring, Daniel Ricciardo has been replaced by Oscar Piastri, sort of a rookie. And then we're now inviting in Nick DeVries, who you would argue is a rookie, but has a ton of driver experience at 27. It's like, who do you put in a rookie? Do you put in someone more experienced who's been left? Or, you know, there's people's contracts being left wide open. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's, hmm. I completely butchered the start of that sentence. Um, it's, um... That's, uh, uh, um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah. Um, the teeth we get a seat, Alpine. It's, it's, well, that's what I said. The, the statement says he's leaving Williams. It does not say he's leaving Formula One. Uh, no, but anyway, what I was going to say before I horribly butchered, butchered up my sentence was, William, am I right in thinking, if they want Logan Sargent, Williams will have to wait till the F2 season's over to make sure yes. he's got enough super license points? He needs to finish in the top five, I believe, to, I think to, to F1. Yeah, so they could, if they wait for Sargent to see what the Sargent situation is, they could miss out on who they actually want by who, waiting who to see what want? Sargent's doing. Well, I who don't do know, they but they, they've probably realistically got a list of De Vries, Sargent, Schumacher. Anyone else that's realistically going to be on that list? Would Ricardo be? Maybe, maybe Djokovic. Djokovic just signed with Aston, so I don't think he'd go. True. Yeah, it's Mercedes, but... though. Yeah. Which, Mercedes by the way, unit. on that Djokovic point, I do not get that at all. Of every team to sign with, with the view of wanting to get into F1, it would not be Aston Martin. Stroll's yeah. going nowhere, and Alonso's just on a multi-year. What's the, what's the point of that? Maybe he knows that something about Alonso that we don't know, but I can't believe Alonso's just signed a multi-year contract at the age of 42. It's it's mad. Like, yeah, I know. Like, it's like this guy works in recruitment or something. You know, signing <laughs> long-term contracts at that age. He is not a sports person. No, it's crazy. Um, but I think Williams. There's a chance that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, and they're going to wait too long to make the decision, and then they're going to end up with no choice but Sergeant if they keep waiting for him. I but, I, I think Williams would want De Vries, but it's whether now De Vries wants Williams. That's the Where thing I was about to say. To you're, you're oh, a big De Vries fan. Probably, I guess we had the cheese. Probably Alpine. That's the best car. Okay. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that's what he would want as well. I and mean, if if he does get the Alpine seat, that would be like the maddest surprise. Imagine you said before Monza, De Vries will be driving at Alpine next year. That would be absolutely insane. Um, so uh, yeah, I think because he's done so well at Monza, he's kind of screwed it for Williams. Because I think Williams might have taken him or Sargent that was undecided, but now he's done so well. De Vries can just go, well, I'm better than you guys. I'm going to Alpine. Um, and obviously, ah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, if we don't know the results of that hungry test, but if De Vries was quickest, who realistically would they put in over De Vries? Gasly. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, Gas. And he's, yeah. he's, he's quite good, isn't he, Jay? Yeah, I do like Gasly, to be fair. One-time <laughs> race winner. Um, yeah, well, I guess well, I guess maybe Alpha Tauri then. If Alpha Tauri can't get hurt, who are they really going to... They need someone to replace... I think it'll either be Gasly, Alpine, De Vries, Alpha Tauri, or vice versa. Mm, I think now they that's... can't get hurt, though, they're going to make Gasly's exit a lot trickier for him. 
yeah, I but think I've they're going to put their foot there's down. There's rumours, though. There's rumours I've heard, I don't know, I've read, that uh, after the Alpine test, uh, De Vries went to Austria to meet Helmut Marko. If mm. De Vries signs with the Red Bull programme, I uh, give up. What is he doing? But I think Red Bull are finding it quite a nice option and, you know, something that they would want because he could then be a replacement for Max Verstappen or Sergio Perez if needed be. I, yeah, I, I think they're looking at it as for Sergio Perez. If De Vries can mm. go in and do well, because he's, he's obviously he's not going to go up to Red Bull and challenge Verstappen, but I think he's a, he's a very capable driver who could finish, you know, P3, P4 and do enough to get them the Constructors' Championship while Max does his thing and wins the drivers and um, and obviously just bags all the points. So I think for Helmut Marko, he's looking at it as a sort of replacement for when Perez goes. Maybe send De Vries there for two years, get him, you know, beefed up in the Red Bull family and then bring him in to help support Max, you know. And then two Dutchmen as well at the top, so... Hmm. It's a tricky one because it is a lot riding on what De Vries kind of would want. It's whether with Williams, it's a long-term programme they have got a plan to how to improve through the midfield yeah. it's kind of like does he want to be part of that long-term project then you've got alpine who you know is technically the best out of the three options car wise from what we're seeing in the constructors um but you know it's a little bit tricky to say with gasly being around and then with alpha towery like we're saying it's the red bull and you know alpha towery would expect him to be consistently scoring points so i think a lot of it is kind of down to what de Vries wants to do it's is i think he... a, lot, a lot a lot of it as well is, is whether um alpha Tauri can find someone to replace gasly and if it is the free then yeah um Ooh, it's it's tricky though. It's tricky. It's tricky. But I think, like I said, it'll either be De Vries, Alpine, or AlphaTauri, and obviously Gatti the other way around, which leaves the only realistic seat. This is Williams, and I reckon that has seat alongside Magnussen. And my prediction is Ricardo, Magnussen, Sergeant Albon. Mm. Or maybe you Schumacher. Think, Dan? Maybe Schumacher, but probably Sergeant. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I think pretty much the same as Jay, to be honest. But I just don't think Ricardo will go to Haas actually. So that keeps. I don't think the same as Jay. Well, I don't even know if they'll keep Schumacher, but I don't think Ricardo will want to go to Haas. Like, if he goes to Haas, he may as well stay. At... Well, I suppose that wasn't his choice. <laughs> That's the issue. I think Ricardo won't be racing in 2023, but will be coming back potentially in 2024, which is a risk. Where does he come back? That's the thing you don't know. But then, did anyone expect Vettel to retire and Alonso to go Aston? Because I mean, really and truly, the only sort of opening near the top would be Hamilton if he retires, or or maybe Perez leaving. And I don't think he's got plans on going anywhere anytime soon. Well, there's been I, I, a lot of rumblings, hasn't there? I like think, Lewis I think is he wants to win anywhere. the 8th. I think when he wins the 8th, he'll go. But yeah. it's whether, you know, McLaren, Mercedes would want Ricardo. Surely they would bring in, they maybe want to bring in Orlando or bring in, you know, some, some younger blood, some fresh talent. So I can only ever really see Ricardo's future being the... Unless he can get someone get this, this Alpine seat, being towards the back of the grid, maybe yeah, he's yeah. going to do a Vettel. He's going to do like you know he's had his glory years at Ferrari, 
Um, I mean, really and truly, Ricardo should just take the Red Bull. There you go. There's my closing statement. And I think that's what we should end it on. Oh, who knows what's going on in the world of F1. Who knows indeed. Of course, the next race is going to be the Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah, man. Whoop, whoop. Which is um, next weekend. I don't actually know what the times are for it. I believe it's two o'clock UK. Yeah, it's quite a normal time, I think. Yeah, it is a normal time. Um, Indeed. The boys are right. The race is actually at 1pm, but qualifying is at 2pm on the Saturday, on the 1st. So do make sure you tune into that. I believe the boys will be doing a preview, if so. I'm unfortunately away and won't be able to see the Singapore Grand Prix, Heartbreak Central. Um, So, yeah, you won't be hearing from me for a little bit. But on that note, thank you so much for tuning in today and listening. Please do give us a five-star review on any podcast platforms. We are on all social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, anything you want to find us on. Um, And do make sure to give us a follow and send us your opinions. So thank you very much, lads, for joining us. Thank you, Sha. What what a lovely job you've done as well as as host. Thanks. I think, um, yeah, it was all right. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for holding the fort while I've... uh been slowly dying but we're all good we're all good we'll, we'll be back soon for a for a preview of singapore i love the best singapore. race of the season I can't wait yeah i'm i am gutted that we'll be able to watch this live it, it is an exciting race it's one of the most challenging races for the drivers not only because it's the street circuit but the humidity and the heat oh it's so much jeopardy but we've seen some good races over the years i know that i'm excited to watch the highlights which sounds really sad anyways (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening we'll see you very soon goodbye